Hello everyone, welcome back to my solo road. I hate doing the introductions <laughs> with my friends across the thing for me. As you can hear, my voice is in just a peak position right now. I'm really doing well. I'm actually not sick at all and I have no idea why my voice sounds like this. Is it potentially because I'm dehydrated? Probably because you're dehydrated. And it's also windy and there's sand and dirt flying around in the yeah. air. And I've been in the desert for an extraordinary amount of time and it's dry and it's ex it's so hot. So you're maybe that's why I sound like this. You're, I know, I'm, I'm killing the tan. <laughs> And I'm using sunscreen for the people who are going to come at me about that. I'm definitely getting a little darker, which is nice. I was pale for about four years. So I'm across from Katie, who's so we bought a van on Instagram. She also has another episode on the podcast that's several weeks back. So I do recommend going and checking that out because I do like a full introduction of her van life history and I don't know her being my best friend and all of that so if you want to know more of like who she is listen to that episode or if you're interested in solo female van life yeah check that one out but today we're going to be addressing the lovely happy just perfect topic of uh COVID-19 I don't know if people get offended by calling it corona is that well, it was corona and then people started calling it COVID-19 but I don't know if that's just because well COVID-19 I just looked it up is which maybe I'm dumb for having to look it up, but it's coronavirus disease. Oh, so no, it's, I didn't know that. it just stands for that. Yeah. And I, I do feel like as it's gotten more serious and people are taking it more seriously, people went from calling it coronavirus to COVID-19. It was almost like a shift as things yeah. got more serious. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't find it funny at all. Okay. The actual coronavirus is extremely upsetting and we'll get a lot into that, but I have been calling it Rona. <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone like comes near me, I'm always like, do not give me the Rona. Have I'm, you seen that meme of that dog that's like coughs once and he's like, is this the Rona? <laughs> No, but I do already love it. <laughs> Katie and I were actually, we did an entire podcast before turning on the microphone, but we were talking about the fact, which I think a lot of people have forgotten this, and it's so obviously devastating that anybody would be dying or people are being sick and like there's the respirator issue and hospitals and like there's so many problems that are coming obviously forward with the coronavirus. Like the overall situation is devastating and terrible. And we are taking it seriously. But like, if you're not finding happy moments throughout your day, you're not doing it right. Like right. you need to be doing something that's going to make you happy or we're all just going to be like stressed, horrible anxiety, freaking out constantly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, still, you need to like live your life. Even if you're isolating, you need to be like living your life and finding something to distract yourself during the day and make you like smile a little. <laughs> well, so if, if calling it Rona makes me smile, I'm going to goddamn do it. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that a lot, though, of, like, people just get really serious about things, and that's okay, but, like, you and I have talked a lot about, especially online, it's so important to, like, if we're not going to use a platform to be, like, the number one advocate for a specific thing, that's fine, but if we want to be known for something anywhere, even among our friends, it's that we want to be known for bringing in lighthearted, you know, feelings and emotions right. during hard times, and it doesn't have to be all the time 100%, but there is something to be said about the fact that, if all you're doing is taking everything super seriously, like, I'm going to go gray in two years, you know? Right. I have to take things a little bit lighter. Right. And no, I totally agree. About them, but, but the thing is, I'm not a healthcare professional, so if I were to speak on, like, all of the technical, like, all of right. these things about COVID-19, like, I don't have that experience. I don't have that knowledge. Even if I worked really hard to get it, I still would be speaking from, like, hopefully accurate articles and hopefully accurate information right. when it's, like, if I'm not in the position to share expertise, I'm going to share what I do have, and that is, like, a sense of humor and, like, a motivational attitude. That is what I can bring to the table, so that's what I'm going to bring to the table. I'm right. not going to tell you 
you all like all of this stuff about like I, I just literally cannot do that. Yeah. And I would be spreading inaccurate information and that's dumb. Enough people yeah. are doing that. <laughs> well, and I also feel like it's just gathering stories from different people about how they're handling it instead of trying to like refer to one like CNN article about how you should handle coronavirus. It's like, why don't you just talk to 10 people that you know in your circle that are like figure out how they are handling it. And then you can figure out, you know, between that and then trying to learn whatever information that you can. Then right. when I were talking about taking everything, making your own opinion and then figuring out how you want to handle this right. as best you can. Did, were you there when I was talking about what my dad and the neighbors are doing? Mm-mm. Because my dad is working from home now. My mom is working from home. And so um, I'm from Indianapolis and we live on a place. Can I say it's okay? I, I shouldn't say the court, should I? I don't know. <laughs> okay. They are saying like blank, blank cocktails. Like they're naming the name of my court. And then, like, listing it as cock, like, they're, they oh, created like a hashtag. Street name. Yeah. Yes. So basically, my dad started posting his cocktails on Facebook. My dad thinks he is, like, the funniest person ever on Facebook, but <laughs> he actually is hilarious. But he'll post his, his cocktails. And then one of my other neighbors posted their cocktails and were, like, kind of talking shit to my dad about his. Mm-hmm. And so then they created this hashtag of, like, blank, blank cocktails. And so now the entire court is, because they all follow each other on Facebook, they're all posting their cocktails <laughs> and, like, with the hashtag. And so one of my neighbors messaged or commented on one of my dad's photos and was like, man, I really wish I could have that about my dad's cocktail. And so my dad put it on his porch and messaged him back and was like, you've got one on your porch. (laughs) But so the next day, that guy... Uh, message my dad was like hey you've got one on your porch and he like made my dad a cocktail <laughs> so now it's like this whole I, but that's what i'm saying about making something like a good thing out of a bad right. thing like christmas like start something like that i don't mm-hmm. know like my dad was just posting his drinks every night his like bourbon and stuff and like now it's a whole court like joke and funny thing So anyways, yeah, that's a pretty long intro. We'll start actually talking about coronavirus, COVID-19, as soon as we get back. Grab your drinks. It's like early morning and my voice sounds like death, so I'm probably not going to drink alcohol. I have a hot coffee that's now a cold coffee. And yeah, grab your drink. We'll be back in a second. I actually am a little embarrassed about how my voice sounds, but I, I don't know what else to do. I think there's not a whole way. I gotta do what I gotta do. Also, yeah. love you, but you do sound like this sometimes. <laughs> I know. I mean, my voice was like this for four years in high school because I was on like, sports teams, and so I was just constantly screaming, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, when you're on the soccer field or, like, during a track meet, like, you're just screaming for your teammates. Right. And then I worked at a car wash, and so I had to, <laughs> like, legitimately 500 times a day say, I say, like, forward, forward something, and then you're like, neutral, please. Thank you. <laughs> One million times a fucking... Oh, my God. It was honestly terrible. Okay. Let's address what we're doing for COVID-19. Okay. I'm going to preface this by saying both of us are slightly nervous because there's a lot of judgment going around. That's a lot of what we were talking about before we turned the mic on. There's a lot of call-out culture. There's a lot of people just being angry with others' decisions, even though we are doing genuinely what we think is the best decision for us, and we are taking it seriously. We are social distancing. We are self-isolating. And yeah, so it's kind of like... I I want everyone to know everything we say today is, like, coming from the best place possible. But have we made mistakes? Probably. Will we make mistakes? Potentially. So there's really no need to call anybody out. Mm -hmm. If you want to give helpful advice, that's also welcome. But, yeah, just that's my preface, kind of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody knew that this was happening, right? And it started to get a little bit worse and worse. But for a while, it was just like, 
oh, we need to just be really careful. And then it got to a point where cities are actually shutting down. Mm-hmm. So my boyfriend is a server and his restaurant shut down and he's off work for at least 30 days. I work remotely. So we thought, okay, this is actually the perfect time now that he is off work because for a while he was still having to go to work, which is just kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But once that got canceled, we stocked up on propane, water, and food, and we drove a couple hours south because we were out on public land and it was snowing massively and we don't have a heater. And I just thought if we're going to sit here for two weeks, I can't work. Like my fingers were cold. So right. we drove just a couple more hours south. <laughs> we were super careful. I mean, I know that just to be like frank, we got all of our groceries in a big city. We did not stop in any small cities anywhere to get anything. We did one stop. We got propane, water, and food, and then we headed south to meet up with you. And even then we, we barely stopped at all. I think we got gas one time on the drive down here and we, right. we haven't been anywhere in public since. Yeah. So we are technically on public land, which if you don't know much about it, then you don't know, I guess, like why people would have an issue with that. So basically kind of what's been going on is that there is a lot of beautiful, really old, meaningful BLM in some places. Mm -hmm. Not that all of nature is not whatever. In places like Sedona and Moab, the local community is very small and tight knit. And so when you go park on those public lands and you stock up on all of your stuff, In those places, you are taking a lot of resources away from those small local communities. They don't have a ton of grocery stores. They don't have a ton of supplies. And so they're very concerned about supplies going so low and demand being so high that the local community themselves will not have enough resources in terms of food or even like the respirators in the hospitals and things like that. Because so many people are tourists, they're coming in camping. If they get COVID-19, then they're going to be taking up, I think Moab, they said they had like three three respirators. And so obviously that's very problematic and those resources need to go to the local community. However, there is a lot of BLM for example, where we are right now, that is near a pretty big city with a lot of supplies and a lot of resources. Plenty of people can disagree with whether or not that's okay. But the thing that's being said the most is that people living in vans need to go home. You have to go home. You have to find a place to stay. When the reality for a lot of us is, my biggest thing is that it's extremely expensive for me to travel across the entire country to go all the way to Indiana and then come all the way from Indiana back out here because I have a lot of work out here. And so that alone is money that I may or may not have. And frankly, I don't appreciate people assuming that I have it. And not only that, but like my van is already at 118,000 miles. I'm going to sell my van at some point and I don't want to depreciate it by 5,000 miles Mm -hmm. by going home and coming back. And so that that's another thing. And like, maybe that one is a little bit more selfish, but it's like, That's, again, money out of my pocket. And I know a lot of people are losing their income. Mm -hmm. But if I have the ability to go stock up one time with as much water, food, butane, and stuff that I need, and then be on public land that is, for one, not at all overcrowded, not near any small local communities, I think that for myself, that's the best decision, the smartest decision. And for me, I think it's the most responsible. Yeah. I mean, and there is some public land, I will say, that they, like, for example, you know, we talked about Moab. They have asked people to not go on that public land. Right. Like, I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but there are restrictions against camping on BLM in that area right now. Yeah. But for the most part, especially when you get further away from, like, parks or super popular areas around small towns like Moab or Sedona, like, the the public land is, the BLM especially, is pretty widespread. Extremely, Extremely widespread. widespread. Like, Like, where we are right now, we cannot see one other person. Right. Like, there's no one for miles. Right. 
And I mean, I was able to, like I said, get on the highway and drive here. I didn't have to like stop anywhere. I didn't have to go through a town. Like I literally got off a highway and then I drove out right. on a dirt road until I found you guys. The other thing too that I think is worth mentioning is that some people do not have a quote unquote home. It, like yes. a lot of the people that are in vans, there's this, this concept of, you know, your home on wheels, home is where you roam, all of those things. And a lot of people like that is really it. They don't right. have parents. They don't have siblings. They don't have family. It can be a little bit insensitive to some people that way. There doesn't need to be shame around anything in specific, I think. I think you just have to do the very best that you can. For some people, that does mean going home. But for example, right. for you, it doesn't make sense for you to drive, stop at every single state along the way, you know, possibly go. Well, that's the thing. I, I would be going to so many gas stations and gas stations are the number one place where it's being spread. Is that responsible of me? I feel like that's worse. I'd be going to probably at least two gas stations a day. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, you can kind of sanitize it and you can do your best, but like, it it just doesn't make sense to me to do that. Like, and I don't have a place to go around here. And like Katie was saying, it, it is a little bit insensitive because you don't know if someone's family is elderly, sick, if they have right. babies in the home. So what, am I supposed to go home and potentially infect my two-year-old nephew who, like, you know what I like, his immune system is not going to be the same as ours. And, and a lot of people have parents in healthcare and they don't want to go home and potentially infect their parents who are doing everything they can every day to help the situation. And so it's just kind of like all these different things at play my biggest point and like I guess the biggest thing I want to get across during this entire episode is like make the best decision and the most responsible decision for yourself and if you're not full-time living in a van please do not tell me what to do I have yet to see someone who is full-time living in a van suggest what to do I've only seen people typing from their houses for people in full-time van life what we should be doing and Mm -hmm. to stay at a house when you're typing it from a house it's a little bit easier to say to go to a house yeah I haven't seen anybody who's stuck in a van to say that I really wouldn't give someone information if I wasn't all, like doing exactly what they're doing. Right. I mean, and if you really break it down to how many places you're going to have to stop, how many people you're going to expose yourself to be exposed to going home for me, I weighed out the cost of either heading North to my parents' house or going South and trying to just find a place that I could stay comfortably for, you know, two weeks, maybe a month, maybe two months. Like right. I, I could stay here for as long as I needed, if I, if I needed to. And when I weighed out the costs of not only financial, but actual exposure, actual transmission, it made more sense for me to come out onto public land than to go back to my parents' house. It just didn't, I was going to be at such higher risk and putting other people at such higher risk to be going back that way. Right. I think a lot of people are saying it in a really negative, mean, they're just like so finger pointing, like Mm -hmm. you better do this. You need to do this. If you live in a van, you should be doing this. And it's like, okay, again, you're saying that from living in a house and you don't know mine or anybody else's specific circumstances and you're doing it in a way where I am turning the other cheek because, because you're turning you me off. Me, right. And even if anybody listening to this has suggestions or recommendations, like the only way to get through to anyone else is by doing it in a helpful way. Right. If you're going to yell at someone, it's like anything else. It's like Republican and Democrat. Like when you're yelling your opinions at someone, you're literally never going to get your point across. Right. It, 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 it has been proven to not work. Well, and starting something off with like, we're all scared, we're all nervous, this is hard for everybody to talk about, that's really different than just diving into being like, you need to do X, Y, and Z, because people are scared, people are nervous, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous too. I'm hoping I'm doing the right thing and I'm trying my very best to be, but like, I haven't really 
talked to a lot of people, not even really my friends, about what to do. I've just kind of been self-isolating and not talking to anybody about it because there is so much judgment, shame. People are nervous. People are heightened. And Right. Well, that's Brie, our friend, has been, like, telling us how she's been having, like, horrible anxiety attacks oh my god because she's yeah. so nervous that people are going to hate her for not driving across the country and going home and people have reached out to her and said things to her and i right. like i even told her the other day you need to do exactly what is best for you and you need to forget about what other people are saying which is obviously so much easier said than done but right. like the fact that i have to sit here and try to comfort my friend because people in her circle are being aggressive about her decisions it's right. just that just doesn't seem right. right. No, no matter what, that doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't matter the situation. You don't give anybody an anxiety attack. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. That, that was not the right decision. If no. it's giving someone an anxiety attack, you didn't go about <laughs> it the right way. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I wanted to just ask how you think van life is actually a benefit to what's going on. Because we do have immense privilege in this as well. For sure. I mean, I have the most control. Like, that's always been my favorite thing about living in a vehicle is that I do have the most control and that I already don't work a stationary job, so I don't have to worry about my work telling me that I have to come in when I feel like it's best for me not to be in an office. I am able to just kind of go out and self-isolate, whereas, like, people that live in a house aren't going to, like, pack up their camping gear and go outside for two weeks. They have neighbors. They have people that are walking around. They still are getting mail. There's a lot of public things that they are touching still. Right. Um, and there's a lot of people who are still going to work every day because they have to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, my, my brother does financing for, like, hospitals. He has to go to work. Like, his system is is mm-hmm. there. He can't work from home. So, I think that that's number one. I mean, what do you think? I think, like, the biggest privilege is obviously that we have the ability to go out into the middle of nowhere. And, like, it's one of those things where I think about, like, the apocalypse or, like, the end of the world. Like, I feel like I could just put 60 days worth of food in my van as literally as much water as possible, find the middle of nowhere, and, like, hope to God I just don't get the coronavirus. Because I'm literally not coming in contact with anyone besides Katie, who's also been here for days. And so we're, like, we've been self-isolating pretty well. I mean, I've been self-isolating for, like, this is, like, my eighth or ninth day. Aside from, I went to one grocery store and one gas station, and that was it. Yeah, I would say this is probably, like, day 10 to 12 for me. Because I just happened to already be here. So I went into town once to stock up on literally everything, and then... I came out here and I've just been chilling. (laughs) But yeah, so I think that's obviously a huge privilege. Not to mention, I feel almost guilty for how lucky I am that, like, I've still been able to make the same money that I was making Mm -hmm. because what I do is fully online. And actually, a lot of people are more interested in van life right now than even usually because they're like, oh, wait a second, that actually sounds pretty appealing in a time like this. I'm getting more questions and more traffic you know, to my website and to the podcast and things like that because people are really looking into it. And so Logan, her boyfriend, is out of a job for 30 days. Yeah. And, like, that is the case for a massive amount of people. people. So I definitely feel lucky that, like, my financial situation is not necessarily being affected. Yeah. Because that is scary. It's like, him and I had big plans. We were just getting ready to make a huge transition. We we sold his van this week. So he had a buyer So somebody actually was renting my van and ended up returning it early because of everything that's going on. We already had a buyer that was buying his van. The further down the line that we got in this, it was getting more risky. So we ended up just selling it to that person. We've consolidated now. That way we have less expenses. We have less gas. We have like less materials because we don't know when it's going to be. He might be out, you know, in 30 days, they might say another 30 days. And they're only comping him for a week and a half. Right. That's it. No, yeah, that's terrifying. Unemployment systems have been down for five days. We've been trying to file for him for five days. They're all down. Right. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's like, what is he going to do? At some point, we might just have to, you know, I I, I don't know, 
Like we, we literally like that's I was the gonna say. Like, question mark. I don't know. We're just we're waiting. I guess. Yeah. Which unfortunately is the situation for most people. Yeah, and it's that's scary. Like, and thankfully, a he was able to sell his van. Yeah, and not before the crisis, but kind of in the we, we beginning had a deposit, middle. Yeah, yeah. And you still do work remotely. Yeah, but my hours got cut. Right. right? So it's exactly. Like, you know, my boss said. I don't know how long this is going to go. So we just need to be safe and smart. Right. So there's definitely a lot of benefits. I will say that for me, there's obviously a lot of downfalls as well. But I do want to say one of the number one things is you're hearing a lot of people talking about overconsumption and being selfish in the stores. As a person that does not have access to water and pipes, I was able to buy four gallons of water. Right. That's it. You know, I went to... I um, took the last two gallons. Oh, yeah. We took the last five and then Logan dropped one in the grocery store. So we have four instead. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Can you believe that? I mean, thankfully, my my tank was already entirely full. Right. So was mine. So I have the, the 10 gallons in the back. Mm-hmm. And then we filled a seven gallon of my... One of the best things that we found to do was instead of buying gallon jugs, like plastic ones. Right. We have the seven gallon one and we refill that, which right. we, we usually do. But that's but, also the scary thing is that, like, I went... When I was at the store, I went to the section where they'd have, like, the 10-gallon, 7-gallon, and they're all gone. The the Walmart that we were at, one of them we saw was their water fill station was was gone. It was out. Right. So that has been the number one thing that is scary for me as a van lifer is that because people are hoarding water and they already have water in their houses, most people, right. I am now having to, like be careful about how much water I'm drinking. I'm having to do my dishes really carefully right. because I just, I have a certain amount and then that's it. Right. 100%. I've literally been doing my dishes like once a day. Yeah. yeah. Like I will just We're kind just of... wiping them off and then reusing them because right. there's limited water. Yeah. Love that. What would be your advice? I guess we kind of already went over that. Like your advice to people in vans. I, I mean, I guess we could really just go off of the fact what I was saying of like just doing what you think is best. Yeah. Whatever is best for you. That's going to look different for everybody. But like I know a lot of people that have just jetted across the country or jetted home. And, you know, I know some people that are abroad and some of them have chosen to come home and some of them have chosen to stay. And all of their different situations are that they are different Mm -hmm. and they're doing what is best for them. I don't necessarily think that one is better or worse because it all depends on their financial situation if they even have a safe place to come home to. So I just think that you have to take all the information, you know, talk to people out there, figure out what other people are doing, and then make a decision that's best for you. Because it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all. It's just yeah. not. I, the, only, the one thing I will say, kind of definitively, I guess, in my own opinion, is that this is similar to the government shutdown, where national parks, no, they have been shut down. So we are, BLM is, if you listen to last week's podcast about overnight parking, BLM is completely different than a national park. We are nowhere near a national park. But... It's like the government shutdown where national parks don't have gates. They don't have a physical thing where they can literally stop people from coming in. So right now, you can still get into a lot of national parks, but there's no one to regulate them because the empl- it is shut down. So the employees are at home, but you can go. And so during the government shutdown, national parks were being vandalized, destroyed, overcrowded. Mm-hmm. and Toilets, garbage was yeah. overflowing, so everything. So do not go to national parks that to me, is selfish. Mm-hmm. People will already be taking advantage of the fact that they're free and that you don't have to pay an entrance fee right now. So you will be exposing yourself, other people, and potentially just adding to the masses of people who are vandalizing and taking... Like, they're, they're not even going to the national parks and, like, respecting it and to just taking photos. Like, they are going there to, like, F shit up, you yeah. know? And it just kind of... I, I do think that that's slightly irresponsible... 
Well, that, I mean, the other essential piece of it that is kind of all-encompassing is uh, essential travel. If it's not essential travel, oh, don't do 100%. it. 100%. Do not be doing tourist stuff right now. But I think that van life is getting lumped into that right now, and that's yes. not the case. I do. I love what you're saying right now. Yeah, this is not this is not me going on a fun trip to go explore my local BLM. This is a spot that I we know We have here. the most boring view right now. <laughs> I know. I, and I've, I've stayed on this, this camp area. You know, I've stayed on this public land many times over the last three years living in the van. I know that this is here. I know where it is around. I know what cities around. I know that it's not overcrowded. And that is very different than me going on a fun trip. And a lot of people have just been saying it's really selfish to continue to travel, but well, this we're not even traveling. traveling. I haven't yeah. turned my car on in days. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so I just, to lump all of that stuff together, I understand that um, not everybody understands the ins and outs of this lifestyle always for the people that aren't doing it full time, but it, it's, this is not the same as do not travel unless it's essential. It's it's just not, it's not in the same right. clump. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I, I Every time I start talking, I'm like, there's, I don't know if I would have been able to listen to this episode. I mean, really, my voice is tragic. I just, I'm so used to it. Yeah, it's, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you have a terrible friend. No. Okay. People are going to be looking for things to do. Obviously, listen to every episode of this podcast <laughs> four times. It does me wonders. Oh, shite. I should have done an ad for better help. Let's do that. Okay. So I had to pull up my code because I totally forgot what it was, but I do want to talk about better help. I love that Katie's in here with me because I really got more comfortable talking about mental health. If you've listened to the first episode with her, you know why, but I'm only comfortable talking about it literally because she talks about it all the time. That's kind of like along with van life. That's like your thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you dive very deep into better, um, into better help <laughs> that too. Recently, <laughs> she just signed up. But the first thing that like came to mind when doing van life was that I literally would have to give up therapy. When you're on the road, you can't really see a consistent therapist every single week, obviously, because you're constantly moving locations. So it wasn't until I discovered BetterHelp that I actually can like video chat with my therapist mm-hmm. whenever I want. I just have to give her 24 hours notice, but like I can message her all day. I can video chat with her twice a week if I need to. And there's different packages that offer different things, but I have constant access to a person who I love and specializes in anxiety and stress and mm-hmm. the things that I deal with. That's what I love is that when you go on, it actually, like, I was kind of surprised at how thorough the whole entire process was, but it, because it asks you a bunch of questions about, like, what you're needing therapy for. Right. And then you can look at different therapists that have specialties that have, like, right. they've done specific training. Um, or they're, like, religious-based. Religious-based, yeah. They, they ask about sexuality. They asked about your, your you know, past trauma. And I think that all of that is just a better way to get somebody that's more specialized for you. Yeah. I hope that it always comes across as anybody listening, that if I ever, you know, looked into a company and then I didn't like what they stood for, I wouldn't do it. Sure. And then if I started using better help and I genuinely did not like my experience, I would stop doing ads for them. But I have had nothing but like a wonderful experience so Seriously. far. And that's why like they actually signed up to sponsor the podcast for the rest of the year. And I love the fact that like all my podcast listeners, like I got so many messages the first time I did an ad and they were like, oh my God, I'm so excited that you got like finally sponsored. And I was like, yes, other people get like, you know, shitty people that are just like, oh, you're selling out. And it's like, my followers are just like, they're so psyched. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, thank God. Because I, like I've said a million times, I was paying for this podcast every single week and it's just a beautiful thing to not have to do that anymore. Right. So yeah, success. Anyways, that's definitely longer than a 60 second ad. (laughs) To get 10% off your first month, you can use the discount code DIVINE in all caps. So go to betterhelp.com slash DIVINE. Um, You will fill out a questionnaire 
it will help assess your needs. We already went over that and you will get matched with a counselor specialized for you. Betterhelp.com slash divine. Great. Love that. Click my phone, turn it over. Okay. So yeah, I wanted to end the podcast really on our recommendations for keeping people busy. Mm. Anybody that you might follow that like I follow some people that are posting really like helpful workouts or they're doing yoga lives that are free. Ira Wolf is like a a friend and yeah, she's a friend and she's insanely talented at singing and like just music in general. And she's been doing live stream concerts, like a concert from the couch is what she's calling it. And then she just puts her like little Venmo up and because she had to cancel her entire tour for four four months. months. Yeah. So she's lost almost her like annual income because those are her four busiest months. And so donating anything like $5, $10, if you just want to listen to her concert from the couch and like, I mean it when I say she's like, she brings tears to my eyes every time I listen to her music. She's also funny. Like she, she did one with her partner Lee, who I also, Logan and I love Lee's music and we are going to watch his. I think he has one tonight. Actually, Yeah, he does. But they banter, they drink whiskey. I mean, it's just a fun time and it just, I I love it. It's a very personalized experience. And it's like a positive, another way to like enjoy a part of your day instead of worrying about what's going on. You can just like listen to beautiful music Mm -hmm. and feel good about like supporting a person who genuinely does need it right now. Yeah. Brie put it on yesterday and just like blasted it on a loudspeaker for everybody that's like here working and hanging. And there's a lot of things like that where people are either finding ways to help entertain other people or people that are losing income are finding ways to supplement that. Like people are doing live yoga classes and then you can just donate based as what you want. Right. And I also think it's important to say that a lot of people right now are really focused on like, this is the time to really hit your goals and, you know, um, do things that you've been putting off. And that's really great if you want to use this time to be productive. But you've also talked about like picking up a hobby in this time, like you right. wanting to paint again and you're diving into that. I know a lot of people that are using this as like mental health and rest days because when you work a nine to five, you don't really get that. Right. So Once again, just like figuring out where to go and how to handle this, whatever you want to do with your time, you should do that. There are a lot of different options for learning new things, supporting other people, trying new things, or just using your time to work really hard. Yeah, I've also seen schools sending out letters to families saying, please don't homeschool your kids. Please play with your kids, draw with your kids, build blocks with your kids. Teach them how to do these different things that you don't have the time. Like use the time to like teach them how to be a good person. Mm -hmm. Like you will stress yourself out by teaching them math. So like just don't teach them math right now. You don't Mm -hmm. have to do that. Maybe you want to and that's great, but like don't feel pressure to be doing so many productive, I have to get all, like, use this time so wisely. Like, using it wisely for me was learning how to paint again. Yeah. Like, again, I literally haven't painted since I was, like, seven years old. I was so good, though. (laughs) But, yeah, it was just, like, that for me was using it wisely. Right. Because I just want to do something fun and, like, lift my own spirits a bit. Yeah, I mean, you can divide your time up. Like, I mean, museums right now are doing virtual tours instead. If you you don't want to go to a museum, obviously, because we're supposed to be isolating, a lot of places are doing like virtual visual tour. There's a lot of different resources. Like, you know, just I want to just throw some other things out there that I've noticed. Like Adobe Creative Cloud right now is doing two months free. So if you are a freelancer and you're struggling to make money, you can sign up for that and you get two months off. Oh, nice. Saves you 20 bucks. I know yogagirl.com. I love Rachel Brayton and on on Instagram. She's Yoga Girl. She has a website where you can take you. She's offering the next 30 days for completely free, where you can like sign up for an account for free. And then you have 30 days to there's like, I mean, dozens and dozens of yoga classes on there. Mm-hmm. So you can go take multiple yoga classes a day, do whatever you want, and it's entirely free. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that are doing like virtual dance parties at 5 p.m. every single day. And we did a like, virtual happy hour. Yeah. 
virtual happy hour yesterday. I mean, the Van Life app is doing a virtual town meeting because they had to cancel their Baja to Alaska tour. There are right. so many things that people are getting creative that you can do, use to either learn something new, be part of a community still, support others. I just think it's so important to be thinking about creative times yeah. and what you can be doing right what now. What is the number one podcast that you'd recommend, aside from this one? I love Armchair Expert. I'm such Ooh. an Armchair Expert fan. Me too. Like, I love Doc Shepard. Oh I think God. that he's one of the funniest guys. Amazing. Honestly, I just listened to it yesterday. It always makes my time fly. Yeah, I love that. Okay, Armchair Expert. My recommendation, if you like true crime, is my my favorite murder mm-hmm. with Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. They yeah. they are two women who are comedians, and they each pick a story every week of a murder or of like a, a traumatic event. Like sometimes it's a plane crash or something right. like that. And they every week they tell the other person the story that they got for the I week. Love that. But they are hilarious. It's literally like what do they call it? A true crime comedy podcast or something. It's amazing. Yeah, but it, it really is so good. So that's my recommendation. Do you have a book that you like? I just read Where the Crawdad Sings. And I've never heard of that, but I like the sound of it. It's beautiful. It's um, poetic. It's visual. I'm going to go against the grain. People love this book. And I really didn't like the ending. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to, you can talk to me about it because I did. I will say that I talked to somebody else that loved it. And when I explained why I didn't like the ending, she was like, that makes a lot of sense. But I really liked it. It was really beautiful. Um, I'm actually rereading a book that I got from a... I did a self-defense class in Seattle when I lived there. And a police officer there gave me a book called The Gift of Fear, which is all about how, like, when a dog sees something and their hair stands up, we trust a dog's intuition, but we don't trust our own intuition when things feel Mm -hmm. wrong. And it's written by a detective that has worked in a bunch of different crime scenarios. A lot of it's focused around women, but I'm going to reread that right now. Nice. My book recommendation, I'm rereading this for the second time also, is Chelsea Chelsea Handler's... Love her book. I'm obsessed with her. I saw it up there. So many people people hate her and like it really makes me sad because sometimes I listen to her and I'm like you are everything I want to be in like 30 Uh years so the fact that so many people don't like her I like makes me nervous but her latest book is called life will be the death of me Mm -hmm. and I like laugh out loud the entire time and she also talks a lot about mental health and Mm -hmm. where her dark humor stems from and I think like a lot of the people that don't like her if you read this book, it would change your mind because, like, that's the thing I think as humans we forget is, like, you don't know what a person has gone through to make them the way they are. So she is loud and obnoxious and crazy and funny, but it's, like, because of things that she's gone through, she she craves that attention and stuff. And now it sounds like I want to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's just, like, when you listen to her talk, she's so confident. She's so she's funny. She's smart. Like it's, it, oh, she's, she's insanely tell- intelligent. She has a tour on YouTube of her house and stuff. And there are, what you can tell are, like, read books. Mm-hmm. Like, hundreds of stacks of, like, very used books. Yeah. And I love that she's, like, she's a reader. She's a writer. She's just super smart. Love her. Yeah. I have an album, Rustin Kelly's Brightly Burst Into the Air. It's like a couple years old, maybe two years old, but I've been... Like a like music? A music album. Okay. It's my absolute favorite album of all time. I've been listening to it on repeat, start to finish, never get sick what of it. What is it called? Rustin Kelly. He's Casey Musgrave's husband. Oh. He's so freaking good. Oh my God. And he just redid a... He did an album called... I think it's called Punk Emo or Emo Punk, where he read a bunch of old, like, he Dashboard did? Confessional songs. And, yeah, he he covered, like, a Taylor Swift song, and it's really beautiful. 
I'm also, I will say, I'm going to use this time to implement small habits. I'm trying to do more days without alcohol. I've started a, my vitamins. Um, I just started taking vitamins yeah, for the first time in my life. Because I take I'm multivitamins. still for the first time. I'm, yeah, I'm using it to do like counting how much water I'm drinking, how many vitamins I am. I'm yeah. actually like counting servings of fruits and vegetables. I've been exercising every day except for yesterday. I'm um, not. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm using it to also implement small positive habits that I've been wanting to yeah. do, like meditating, journaling, all those basic things that in an ideal world, we do those things all the time. But right now I have the time to slow down and focus on myself. Right. I think more. the best part of that is also that like, hopefully by having more time to implement those things, you'll get it into a routine to where when this stuff mm-hmm. stops and like you do go back to normal life, you will have a routine where like you don't let go of that. Exactly. And does that make sense? Yeah, of course. That's the goal. Yeah. Actually, the microphone is sitting on top of a book called The Power of Habit that's also (laughs) about that, specifically. Kind of a boring book, though, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Five out of ten, kind of recommend. (laughs) If you're really bored, definitely read that one. I think that's pretty much everything. The point of the podcast is do your best. If you're mad about anything that we said, I'm sure you'll let me know anyways. (laughs) I'm positive that you will tell me, but be nice about it. That's all I ask. Um, Like I said, I am sure that we have made mistakes I'm sure, like, I could have worn gloves and a face mask in the grocery store. Didn't. Mm. I saw other people doing it. And as soon as you see other people doing it, you're like, oh, that would have been a good idea. But yeah, anyways, so just do your best. I think we are all trying. And if you're not trying and you think that this is all silly and it's fun and games, it is not. Like I said earlier, people are literally dying. Mm -hmm. For I think a lot of people also don't understand the suggestion of, like, flattening the curve. Like, the whole, like, quote-unquote flattening the curve. Uh, The point is that we said earlier, Moab only has three respirators. So when 10 people, young, healthy people, it doesn't have to be older or whatever. Like, yes, healthy, younger people have a higher chance of living. They still might have respiration issues Mm -hmm. while having coronavirus. So they would go into the hospital. And in Moab, if 20 people show up at the hospital needing a respirator, they have to choose. they, They have to choose the three worst cases. And then that the other 17 people have a higher chance of dying but or just getting really, really sick. And so it's this idea of the coronavirus is going to go through all of humanity, likely. Yeah, I think they said either, like, people are saying everybody's going to get it eventually, but I think statistically they really are saying about 70% of the world is going to get this. I think 100% is going to be exposed at some point. For sure. It's just a matter of slowing down the peaks of how bad right. it is. So, so if a hospital right. can handle yes. it spread That's out. the point of flattening the curve. for pe- like Because I know, I, I even have friends and family who are like, yeah, but we're all going to get it anyways. And that's not the point. We Everybody knows we're all going to either get it or be exposed to it. The point is that if a hospital has 20 respirators, we can maintain that number at 20 or less. Right, if and we that, spread this out over you know, yes, six months or whatever. The point of self-isolating is to just slow that process down so that everyone is exposed to it as a very slow rate mm-hmm. and not 100 people coming in where there's 10. There's a lot of good visuals out there, too, if you don't understand. There's a lot of good videos that people are sharing that show actually, like, when you cut cut a room in half or something and you separate the two, how much more slowly the disease will spread. Um, right. So if you don't feel like you understand that, that's okay. I want to reiterate again that this isn't a time for shame. If you want to help teach people or you feel like people don't understand or somebody comes and asks you questions, you can open it with like, we're all scared. Let me share with you what I have learned. It doesn't need to be this shame pointing finger concept. Right. Um, so education is always good. I think having conversations about it are good. Don't follow my lead and be too scared to talk about it with people because you're nervous. Um, it, that's why, I, yeah, I know I say it every episode, but that's why I like having the podcast. Like it does give 
a space to talk about things that people are nervous about talk- about yeah. talking about. That's why I was saying about Brie. Like, she's so scared to talk about it, this. And, like, yeah. I am too. But, like, I'm just going to do it anyways, honestly. But, like, you only make progress when you do talk about things. Right. And we're all going to make mistakes. Like, nobody's an expert on everything. And so I just think having a place where, you know, if I'm expected to be an expert, that takes away my ability to be a student on something. It takes away my ability to learn anything. And so, I don't know, I think respecting people that are choosing to talk really openly about it, that are choosing to talk quietly, you know, I just think that having conversations doesn't hurt, but there's also no necessarily, like, you don't have to do anything. Right. You don't want to, you don't have to talk publicly. You don't have to talk about anything. Just do whatever is best for you. Yeah. Love that. Like I said before, Katie's name on Instagram is So We Bought a Van. Her website is SoWeBoughtAVan.com. She traveled solo for a while. Now she has a boyfriend named Logan. He mm-hmm. sold his van. So now you guys are actually living in the van together. <laughs> yes. Big leap. Yeah. And yeah, so follow her. Please follow. My editor always tells me to say this and I literally forget every week. Please follow and subscribe the po- to the podcast. Mm-hmm. It actually helps dramatically. If you do listen to the podcast, I swear to God, if this is your first episode, my voice does not usually sound like this. <laughs> a lot of my listeners follow me on Instagram. So they come from Instagram, but it's very helpful if you leave a review that if someone looks for a van life podcast, this one will be recommended. Right. So that people who don't follow me on Instagram can discover it as well. And to come back full circle to uh, the better help thing, like Sydney said, I am a huge advocate for mental health. I am on mental health medication. I do therapy remotely. I've lived in my van for f- like full time three years. And I've been able to handle my mental health now better than ever. If you ever want to talk about it or if you ever have any questions about that, please feel free to reach out to me. Yeah, Katie's a good resource for that stuff. And that's honestly why I think we are best friends is because... We talk about this shit. Yeah. You know, it's hard and people don't want to talk about it because it's ugly and it's gross. And there's all this like negative connotation with it. But at the end of the day, like the best thing and the most beautiful thing that you can do for yourself is to just talk about it, you'll realize that other people have similar feelings. And I think that one thing that would stop people is, like, having to pay for it. And I know therapy is expensive. BetterHelp is like, a sliding scale. Yeah, BetterHelp does have a sliding scale, but also it's one of those things that you don't want to have to pay for, but, like, it will help you in so many other ways to where, like, I, I mean, I know this might sound dramatic, but, like, your performance at work could actually improve. improve. And, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it can help other ways. So it's kind of, like, you might want to think about prioritizing your finances to include this. I mean, in some of the packages I looked at, once you put in your income, you can get it for as low as like 38 bucks a week or something like that. Like they have packages that are all over the board for as little or as much as you want. Um, yeah. And they're willing to work with you. Like I even signed up and then I had to delay for a week and somebody reached out to me and was like, Hey, notice that you halfway filled out this application. What can we do to help you? And I was like, Oh, love this. Like <laughs> I'm not even a customer yet. And they're like, so on top of it. So. Yeah. Yeah, code divine. All caps. <laughs> We're gonna end the podcast on that great note. Yeah, anyways, do your best. Love you. Thank you so much for having me on again. I always have fun. Yeah, oh my god, of course. Yep, stay sounds safe, good. Stay healthy. Yeah. Be smart. Love you all. Bye. Bye.